I'm Danica Juarez. And I'm Jan James. And this is How's It Hold Up? Hi, I'm Danica. And I'm Jan. And I'm Valerie. And today, we watched the Japanese film Lou Over the Wall that I always want to say incorrectly by inserting the word garden into. Oh. (laughs) There's a a show called Over the Garden Wall, so that's why I keep wanting to do that. Ah, okay. Um, But yes, we watched that film today. Who would like to give a a brief spoiler-free plot synopsis of this movie? I'll try. Okay. So a guy named Kai puts a YouTube video up of him doing some music stuff without his face in it. But two of his classmates figure out it's him and then try to convince him to join a band. He's all surly, though, and doesn't seem to want to. But then he he seems really interested in the, the legend of the... I'll say mermaid, uh, because that's what it's translated to in the subtitles, and ends up deciding to go with them, but it seems like he's more interested in seeing if he can find out more about the mermaids than the music, Um, and he ends up being the first one to see uh, the titular Lou, who is one of the mermaids, and they really like, the mermaids really like music, and so he and Lou start interacting a little bit via music and stuff and eventually start talking to each other and she eventually meets the friends and and they're kind of doing some music stuff together but there's a lot there's a, a long history between the town and the the mermaids and it's and it's largely a, a not great one that and so there's different people in the town that have differing opinions on this whether or not it's real and then if it's real whether or not we should be interacting with these people or whatever and and stuff kind of kind of boils to a head as like it's like as Lou gets revealed to people and the whole town starts being in on the question of what what should we do with this and um and stuff just goes from there there's there's a lot of stuff that happens yeah yes yes It's 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 basically about like can the can these two sides come together or not or are they destined to be at odds with each other and just like yeah. many of the shows that we watch where you have opposing uh, or, or you have different cultures is they're they're both suspicious of one another well especially the people are of the mermaids and you know all kinds of rumors and false things about they'll eat you and they'll kill you and all that kind of stuff yeah what did we think of this movie? I enjoyed it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I ditto that. I really enjoyed it too. Yeah, I think it's a lot of fun. It's really messy in a fascinating way, uh, both animation and plot-wise, I think. Yeah. But it's yeah. really endearing. Um, I, I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. You, you don't see Western movies like this, that's for sure. <laughs> it's just fascinating it's great yeah I, I i like how you put it because there were times i was like i i was i i was engaged the whole time but there were times that yeah. i like wasn't quite sure what was what was going on or yeah or, well, I, I think know. sometimes it feels even a little stream of consciousness which is yeah that's just not something we're used to it's very yeah. it's neat yeah uh but yeah i really enjoyed it and my initial impression is that i definitely recommend it same yes i I echo that. 
Let's get specific, by which I mean let me tell you how Lou is not a mermaid, and they are not mermaids, they are Ningyo, which are uh, Japanese folklore creatures, but the subtitles just translate it to mermaid because that's kind of the closest equivalent as far as English-speaking audiences are concerned, but they are not technically mermaids. Uh, mm. Ningyo are fish-like creatures from Japanese folklore that are described as having a monkey's mouth with small teeth like a fish's, shining golden scales, and a quiet voice like a skylark or a flute. Their flesh is pleasant-tasting, and anyone who eats it will attain remarkable longevity. However, catching a ninyo was believed to bring storms and misfortune, so fishermen who caught these creatures were said to throw them back into the sea. A ninyo washed onto the beach was an omen of war or calamity. Alright. So, yeah. I would hope you wouldn't eat them. Goodness. Goodness. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, they're not necessarily uh, as cute in every depiction, (laughs) but... Yuasa, the uh, director is Masaki Yuasa. This is the first film of his that we've seen. There are definitely a couple more that we will eventually watch. And my understanding of them is that they are all similarly eccentric in visual style and storytelling. Yuasa acknowledged that this movie shares some similar plot elements and the visual subject matter of water with Hao Miyazaki's film Ponyo, something which occurred to him late into the production of the movie. <laughs> oh no! He thinks that it's due to the influence of Miyazaki and Asao Takahata's Panda Go Panda Rainy Day Circus, which is an older, I think it was a TV movie um, that they worked on, um, and uh, which he says Miyazaki reused some elements from that in Ponyo. So he thinks it's more like the thing that he saw in his childhood that influenced him than necessarily Ponyo itself. Uh, but regardless, he is happy for his works to include homages to other works that he admires. So yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I think this certainly did more than enough to distinguish itself from just feeling like some sort of Ponyo ripoff or anything like that. Like it, it definitely has its own identity. Yeah. And real quick, did you, what is the name of the creatures you said that are not mermaids? Nino. Nino, and you said, what did you say they looked like? Like that golden scales and stuff? Because I just mean, or golden skin. I was, I was switching back to the thing. Uh, they are described as having a monkey's mouth with small teeth like a fish's, shining golden scales, and a quiet voice like a skylark or a flute. Oh, okay, because they didn't look like that at all. Well, you know, that's kind of like the traditional, what Wikipedia describes them as, but they've certainly oh. evolved in different... You know, it's it's a traditional folklore creature for them, basically. And so it's it's evolved in its different depictions. Sim- similarly, how mermaids are, have can be pretty varied in, in Western depictions. You have some that are like Ariel from Little Mermaid, and then you have some that are more like creatures and stuff. So, you know, they, they, have, they have different variations. But it's just worth noting that even though the word is translated to mermaid... It's not coming from the same folkloric tradition. Mm, um, a similar it. one, certainly, but like not the same. Well, I also love you said the, yeah. the variation. Which I think is where a lot of the chompy stuff comes from, especially because that's not really a mermaid thing. Mm. Interestingly, the Lou looked very different from her father, who just looked like a shark. And I love it when <laughs> he was in a suit and walking you know, in the town and had a little hat on, but his face, he still looked like a shark. And people were kind of like looking at him, but accepting him like he's a big man who was huge. See, one of the things that I appreciate about this movie is that it showed me 
what the perfect man looks like. <laughs> he was so good. <laughs> just so good. Just big, just big fella. Just, just massive. And he's got his little briefcase. Yes. And yes. his mustache. Mm. And I just mustache. Yeah, love and him. his little hat. And his little hat. His little hat. Don't forget the hat. He's so good. And then he's just waiting. Uh, uh <laughs> there's a point later in the movie where you where you first see him, and he comes up out of the water and he helps these guys pack away fish or whatever for people to like eat. And then he like walks into town and he's and the, the whole thing with the Nino in this movie, uh, I'll just say mermaids for sake of ease. We'll keep calling the mermaids. The mermaids in this movie is that they um, are oh, hurt the by the sunlight. So he's walking around during the daytime, but he's walking in the shadow of buildings. But at one point, there's a big gap between buildings with sunlight shining. And he just stands there and waits for the day to pass until the sun, until the their shade covering that patch, and then he just rushes past, and it's so, it's so good, it's so funny, yeah, yeah. so good. Um. Also, also, since we talked about her dad, I love Lou so much. She's yes. so precious, and just a little, a little thing like a little gremlin who liked to sing and dance. Yes. And I love her. Yes. Also, the mermaid dogs. Yes! Yes, yes. I like the part, too, where I think it was later that night of the same day where um, the dad had stayed in the shadows and then was walking in the town. All of a sudden, he's just outside Kai's house, and Kai walks out, and he's there, <laughs> or opens his window, and he, like, waves at him and says hi and starts talking to him, and he was like... Okay, it was then. like when they were it was the day of the the I think it was like the next day because it was like the reopening of the mermaid land or whatever and they were they were like riding down the hill and in, in the uh, chair, office the, chairs yeah. or whatever yes. and he was just standing outside Kaya's window with an umbrella just waiting no yes. actually the night that the dad was in town he was walking down the street past Kai's house where uh, Lou and one of the dogs were trying to get Kai's attention. And so when the dad walked by, uh, Lou and the dog, like, went into the water to hide from the dad. Um, I don't know if you remember that. I don't. That's yeah. very nice. This movie's just so cute. <laughs> I just... Yes. yes. It's so silly. Um, I, I, I quite enjoy all the characters. We haven't really talked about... Yuho and Kunio, uh, and in particular, uh, which are the main guy's friends. The main guy is Kai, and then his two friends, who who don't really start off of his friend as his friends, but they eventually all become friends and and bandmates. Um, well, Yuho seemed to just like for it, she was his friend, pushy. whether whether he wanted it or not. Yes, <laughs> she was just like yeah. And Cunha's just like, I'm just here for the ride. Like, yeah, this guy seems cool. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. He's a very chill guy. Yeah. And then and then Kai takes a while to, like, be interesting because he's stuck in, like, sulk mode. Um, but eventually, eventually he starts smiling. And, like, when he had his, like, tongue poked out as he was playing music and being all happy and stuff, I was like, oh, you're adorable. Yeah, he's, uh... <laughs> He's a bit of a punk whenever he, he rings the bell. 
Uh, and then ran off. Yes. Blamed, so that the dad blamed his son. Yeah, because Kunio works. I don't know if he's that's his son dad. Of a is, it his, yeah. is this his dad or it's is his, his grandpa? Okay. No, because, yeah, he said the future priest. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, his, his father is a priest um, who is just composed of shapes visually. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so that that's a little bit of a side plot with him, but they're at the shrine at one point and he messes with it. And it's, yeah, it's like, oh, you can be a little punk, huh? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, one of my favorite things about Kai is his just clomping down the stairs, his just like going down the stairs so fast all these different stairs. It was just, I yeah. don't know, that movement was just so great. And he Definitely. Had, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say he did the same after he rang the bell, his little stinker. Then he went down the side and then ended up going down some stairs. Yeah, he had a, a rhythm to his uh, going downstairs that is kind of, um, that's that's very, I don't know, like grounded. Like, like you can feel yourself doing that or you... Like going downstairs usually has like you can hear it, and so sometimes it's just like step 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 step. But I, I think with his it was like uh, a kind of like a clop of like da 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 da, and, and like that's such a fun choice in animation. Yes. And what I what I find really interesting about our discussion is that while we are still technically here in story and characters the elements of the movie are so intertwined, like the sound of his footsteps and the way that he's animated to inform the character. And that's, I feel like that's true in a lot of things that we watch, but it feels just like extra true in this one for some reason. It's Mm -hmm. just like, it just really leans into the idiosyncrasies of people and just like kind of exaggerations of their movement to inform who they are in a, in a fascinating way. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah, even, even with the, the secondary characters, the, the dad of Cuno just like being just shapes, like he doesn't have a lot of detailed features, but he is like uh, an elongated head with like glasses. Or, or um, Yuho's dad, who's like, He's like, his overall body shape is basically an egg with legs, <laughs> which is like, especially fascinating because he's, especially when we first meet him for a while, he's always like bent over subserviently. Yes. So it's, he's like an egg on its side a little bit it, it, with his basic body shape, just like fast. Yeah, he's so awful, but like <laughs> fascinating in terms of how he's designed and the ways that the way that he's animated. Yeah, and even when he isn't in like that subservient mode, he is never is like standing up straight commanding yeah. as his like father or Yuho's grandpa. Yeah. Um it's yeah, he the the way that he's like portrayed and animated is very revealing of his character, I guess. Definitely. And we'll have more to talk about with that later, I think. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what else that isn't animation can we say about story and characters? What What else do you guys have? I didn't. I didn't end up having a whole lot of notes I wrote down because I was just kind of enraptured during the whole thing. It was. It was a little meandering. I think you noted before. Yeah. Like it wasn't a direct plot. Like you're following yeah. Kai, but then you get hints of the uh, background and stories of other characters 
and and more and more gets revealed throughout the film. You have his grandpa, you have or Kai's grandpa, Kai's dad. You have um, this woman who they mention in the beginning of the film. Does it start with her? Granny Octopus? No. No, which one? The, the beginning of the film. I, I don't know if it starts with her doing an announcement, but they oh. talk about oh. her and you like get more about her throughout the film. I don't remember her name. Uh, yes. And, Announcer lady. Yeah, and, and and she and and she's kind of I think they they parallel her with Yuho herself. Definitely. Um yeah, like you hear about the town, like this isn't just a film about Kai, it's a film about the town. I guess they all the townspeople. All three of the kids have parallels, huh? Yuho and her, Kai and his father, and then probably Kunyo and his father. Maybe. Is there someone who better parallels Kunyo? But the, the Kai and his dad are definite parallels in terms of one like the desire to seek music, but then like the desire to also like have a stable family and like do yeah like it's interesting. Yeah, is that is that lady who Yuho went to to stay with at one? Point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the okay, announcer the lady. lady. The announcer yeah. lady. Yeah, and when you say things were meandering or things like that, is I think. Sometimes you had characters that I thought were pronounced, but then they weren't really major characters. So I wasn't quite sure, again, like that announcer lady and things like that. Um, Yeah, she ended up being fairly big at the end, but she still didn't necessarily have like an arc or anything. Yeah, I don't feel like I really got to know her as a character, I guess is what I'm saying. Yet she had some big parts, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I... Or like uh, Yuho's grandfather, who I feel like had a pretty strong opening and was pretty strong in the middle with the whole park thing. But it kind of felt like his character drifted into the background a lot later as the father kind of took over as, as uh, primarily. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like the grandpa was just kind of like there and helping then a lot towards the end rather than like, I don't know. I had a sense of him as like this business tycoon dude. Yeah. Well. But it's, it, it ultimately felt... More like he, like he was supposed to be kind of the, the fantastical dreamer dude yes. who's the head, and the father is like the realistic one yes, for sure. Which you get some sense of that early on, but it's still I still I guess I got the sense for a while that the grandfather was still ultimately a businessman in a lot of ways and didn't really realize until it was more overtly clear later as he was helping them that he's ultimately, like, more on their side than he's on the father's. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, to create this, like, mer mermaid park, it was, uh, yeah, like, he felt very idealistic and, and uh, imaginative, but it didn't hit as, like, a business. And, and it mentions in the film that, that it really hit their finances hard. But I think... I don't know. I don't think it was the son that pulled it back. I think that the grandpa did kind of pull it back. Right. And, 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 and focused more on the fishing industry or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, but there was still an interesting characterization of him being like an idealist. And, and Yeah. Which I, which I like could see aspects of when we first met him and for a bit, but like it felt more like the businessman part was at the fore, but that ultimately isn't. The direction that the film was going with him, Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you all are talking about Yuho's father, a grandfather, correct? Grandfather, yes. yeah, yes, yeah. And then too, as Yuho's grandfather and Kai's father seem to 
work together? I guess Kai's father worked for him, possibly? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Kai's father worked for him, definitely. Okay. Which, so so does Yuho's father, but, like, he's more directly... He, he's part of the board, or, like, part of the people who makes decisions, whereas Kai's father is, like, just a dude who works for the company. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I think you said, you might have mentioned this earlier, I don't know if you phrase it this way, but the while we're talking about story, I was very engaged. Again, sometimes I was confused, yeah. and I still want to talk to you all in spoilers about the end and some things that I'm not quite sure if I understand what happened, but it was it was very engaging. Yeah. Yeah, I. it's very interesting because the way that it starts leaves you with, like, no hint of how it's going to end, really. <laughs> like, it... Mm-hmm. The, it goes on a journey and it starts off pretty slow with just like these kids and like, Oh, maybe there's something supernatural. And then quickly, like, it's like, yeah, no Nino or mermaids are real and, and lose like in a band with them. And it just kind of like keeps escalating to, uh, and to where it's like, I I keep like having guesses of what like the ultimate conflict is going to be. And like, you can kind of vaguely figure it out, but the specifics of it, I kept having to come up with new things because the plot kept like kind of shifting into, Oh, now it's this like, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. For instance, it feel for a while, it feels more like the plot's going to be focusing on exploitation of the mermaid people. Yeah. But mm-hmm. then it kind of shifts away from that into into like the the humans are or are not trusting them or whatever and think that they're a threat and, and stuff like that. Like it's it's like shades of a similar theme, but I it took a while for me to be sure of how the movie's final conflict and stuff was gonna kind of where that was gonna rest. Yeah. Oh, you 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 mentioned you brought up the octopus lady. Like oh, those yes. other secondary characters starting their their little story at the beginning of the film and just always wondering what how is that going to end for them and in a way that makes me cry yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh the yeah that was that was good and i think ultimately satisfying yes uh for me mm, yes oh and i was just going to say even though that it wasn't i don't know if you said supernatural or, or whatever but they did it was clear that the uh, the mer uh, or the Nino or the mermaids had magical abilities, or at least oh de- yeah. yeah yeah definitely. So in that sense, that yeah that was an element throughout. Are we good to focus in some more on the animation? Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's talk the animation. Uh, just I love this general art style. It's really like loose and emotive. Uh, I love, like, for instance, when people are dancing and they become goofy blobs. <laughs> like, I just, I just adore that. It's just so good for me. The way uh, the legs are kicking around it felt more like a, a classic animation. Yeah, yeah. Very it's cartoony, so like loose very... and silly. Yes. Uh, and then you have like beautiful stuff, like the way it morphed from the young grandfather into the current day him and Ugh, during the, on that, that was one so scene good. yeah mm. like how it cuz cuz when it's showing his flashbacks it's in a kind of a little more simplistic and a really colorful kind of style storybook it kind of felt like yeah yeah and then and then as it transitions back into him becomes more detailed and the and the coloring changes and everything it's just it's like so smooth and just 
like it felt it makes you feel makes you feel things yeah good yes and question did they use any 3d animation or um, any no no but um this film this film was animated in in a hybrid form uh in which the keyframes were drawn on paper but instead of the traditional cleanup and in-betweening still used in most japanese traditional animation at the time rough keyframes were then traced and in-betweened in adobe flash so what keyframes are is basically in animation you have the kind of key big frames of of movement that if you have all of those in a row you have the like obvious rough trajectory of how this thing's going to animate but you need in between frames to actually get from a to b Mm. but with a b c d you see how it's supposed to go so those a b c d keyframes were like drawn on paper and then sketched into uh scanned uh traced into it says rough keyframes were then traced into adobe flash which is just a it's a computer program basically um and then they did the in-betweens there too Mm. um and and yeah it gives it a it it doesn't ever like feel to me like it changes animation style or anything but it just can become so chaotic it's well here's where here's where i thought it was and it was at the beginning. It was at the beginning with some of the buildings. It almost looked like real, almost, you know, like just like still frame photographs. And then when they initially were eating, when the grandfather and the father and then Kai and it and it zoomed in on the bowls of their food, it literally looked real to me. So that's why I was just wondering if they had used some 3D animation. So just really good animation then because it just looked, so realistic. Yeah, to my to my knowledge, they didn't. But I mean, a lot of animation is done in computers. I wouldn't be surprised if there were some elements that were, or if it is just literally like that they had photos that they that they traced over and stuff for some of those environments and stuff. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure of the exact specifics. I I, I would honestly be a little surprised if there wasn't some amount of of computer animation in there. But I don't have really the details enough to tell you for sure on that yeah no that's okay and that at the beginning then i just wasn't quite sure what animation i was going to be getting into with this sure because of that and then the then the characters you know kai uh yuho um and everyone looked like anime characters but then when i met lou and the underworld those were more um of Different animation or different animation style. Cartoony. Cartoony. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. That's, that's, that's the word I was looking for. More cartoony animation. Did we mention, I don't know, watch the film. There's a scene where uh, Kai and, and Lou are, Kai takes Lou around the town. And so mm-hmm. she has to have music playing to actually have feet. And so there's some oh, yes. really cute. That's, like, that's an important plot point that comes back. Uh, I'll get it again. But yeah, she has like. A mermaid tail, but then when music's playing, it like kind of shifts and moves, and then is like two little feet. So, so he takes her around uh, with some music playing, showing her the town, and he takes her to a pound, basically a place where they have animals that have been abandoned mm-hmm. or don't have mm-hmm. owners. 
and she breaks them out and bites them and turns them into mer dogs and yep. it's yeah. the best thing. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. And great. then you and then just one of the dogs just sticks around for the entire rest of the movie. It's like yes. with her all the time. They're pals. It's, it's so yes. good. It is adorable. I wasn't sure initially because when she bit the first one I saw blood and I was like, what's about to go on? And then of course immediately it turned into a to a little mer dog, but I was like, okay. Yes. I thought that's where it was going, but then I wasn't sure initially when I saw the blood in the water. I was like, did I think this wrong? Is she just hungry? What is going on? Yeah. That was so cute. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Kai did ask her, like, are you gonna eat them? Like no, don't eat them or whatever. And she's like, no, not eat. And then she did her teeth thing yeah. and then did it. And it's like, oh, very important plot point that biting something turns it into a merm, um, a nino or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Which I just... uh, definitely comes back. That's kind yes. of an important plot point. Yes. I just want to say something on the, on the point that when she's walking around with Kai and Music had to be playing for her to have her little feet. Did you catch that her dad, as he's going around, he had the teeny little, like, little stereo that he's carrying around, too, to have music going so he could walk around. And it was teeny compared to him. So good. Oh, like like a boombox, but a mini boombox that probably could have fit in the palm of his hand. It was so cute. So funny. Oh, we didn't talk about also about when he's coming out of the water. It's just zoomed in on his shoes. And when he takes a step, just water just like spurts out of the holes in his shoes. Yes. It's so good. Yes. So funny. He's so, it's peak character design. Yeah. It's like, what's going, what's the the point of this because like to be amazing yeah yeah Yeah. like that doesn't it's not that the plot doesn't go anywhere it shifts him into the story more so yeah but he it's not like i guess i wonder did like did lou tell him like oh no it's great up there gone because he goes he helps the fish processing thing then he goes to the chamber of commerce to be like the liaison for fish processing or something. Like, yes. Yeah. Well, well, here's, uh-huh. <laughs> here's here is what cracks me up is the thought that they don't realize he's a mer mer person because well, he, he has a fancy mustache. <laughs> but his face and his whole head looks like he has such a nice suit, like, mom. He looks clearly. Mom, I think you're. Mom, I think the thing that you're not considering <laughs> is what a nice suit and little hat he, he has. Looks clearly He's like a pinky. shark. And, lo- and also, he has such a charming smile. Do sharks have briefcases? <laughs> I don't think so. I think, honestly, you're the one being ridiculous. He yeah, clearly Mom. looks like a shark. But anywho, he seems to be the teacher of the teacher who teaches the students how to process fish in the fish plant. So, uh, because, yeah, they all know him and he's quite the, you know, but, <laughs> yeah, but they, yeah. they don't know he's a merperson. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's just he's got such a good suit as the thing. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And, oh, I, I, we, we didn't, we failed to mention that, okay, he's huge. Like, so probably two or he three times it. any other other man or human that you see in this but also and of course he has this huge broad chest and he has these shoes and constantly fish and things are coming out of like his shoes yeah. and the holes in his shoes but he also has um 
attached to the front of his suit and the front of him is is fish are things that are constantly kind of attached and flapping there. But again, no one realizes or notices that he is not a human being. I love it. Mom, I don't know (laughs) how I can spell this out better to you. He has a nice suit. He does. And a little little hat. And a a mustache. And a little briefcase. What else do you need? (laughs) And plus he has charm. Yes. So really, he's got the full package. He's got a great smile. The (laughs) ideal man. (laughs) Yes. One thing that I'll I'll color this this scene a bit more. He processes the fish by poking a teeth through it and they just kind of chill out. Yes. Uh, And then they pack them up. And then you see later in the film, this the fish are made for you for sushi. And so the guy, somebody's eating it, and he's like, oh, these so are like, yeah, they're so good. And the guy's like, yeah, this fish processing place. And it's like, there's like one more comment about how fresh it is. And he's like, that fish processing place. And then the, the, the fish head with its bones body hops off of whatever the dis- wherever it was discarded and walks out the door. Yes. Yep. So <laughs> so by biting them and I also guess- bursts into flame because it's light out. Oh well that was the second part. Oh you're yes. right, that was the second yes. part. Uh, but I guess he's making them merm the mermaids or whatever, but they're still alive so they can be cut and like It's an existential nightmare if you think about it too <laughs> yes. hard. It's so they're, terrifying. They're eating they're eaten alive and then they just walk off after their They their seem body. really they chill seem, with it. Yeah, they seem to yeah. be fine. Their skeletons just walk walk off and go back. And you know, this ties into the whole Ningyo or Delicious thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's that so. when you said that I was like, Oh interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I guess this town's just going to be like really, like have a lot of longevity. I guess so. Because yeah. they had an infusion of <laughs> of fish that are mermaids. Yeah, yeah. That they ate. Um, it's silly. It's it's so silly. But uh, eventually things have to take a turn for a little more dire um, as some of the town folks start getting really annoyed with some of the things like uh, little skeleton fish walking through the streets and um dog mermaids eat eat some of the fish before it can be caught or whatever and some different things like that and and then yuho and kai fight and she like runs off and she throws her or does she throw her phone? he throws he, he throws has her his phone. phone but you find out later that she has thrown her phone too right so she yeah. she fights specifically because she is jealous of the attention that Lou is getting. Yeah. The band is playing for a big audience and the grandfather, in order to not, to make sure that it doesn't go bad, hires like backup uh, performers. And she realizes that it's not the band that is a draw. It is Lou. That's a draw. And she doesn't even have to be there. Yeah. Well, so she gets yeah. jealous. And, yeah. And yeah. Runs away. Well, not only does he hire backup, like backup dancers and artists, but also backup that are dressed like them, which was yeah. kind of ridiculous because the one that's supposed to be her replacement is a big man who has a wig like hers, which is very silly. Why it couldn't have been, you know, how that, how anyone is going to think that was her, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. The other two, I yes. Well, it's just, I guess it underscores the fact that it doesn't matter yeah. whether or not it's her. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. even before the audience was like, this this doesn't sound like what we saw before. Where is the the girl? 
the little yeah. girl. Um, but so she runs off, but then when they find her broken phone and fish it out of the water, her dad starts freaking out, thinking that she has been taken away and possibly eaten by the merfolk. Yeah. And so he ends up capturing Lou uh, and has her in a cage and is basically like, tell me where my daughter is. Uh, and, and to say, I, either she tweeted or somebody else said on her account that she was going to be eaten by people. Like, yeah, yeah. There was a very specific push towards that. I narrative. think it had to have been her because we never have any reason to think it's anyone else. Really. Yeah. So I think she must have put that just because she was jealous and, and angry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was so mad at her. Yeah. I was so mad at her at that point. Yeah, but she makes up for it. Yeah. It's okay. Um, her father does not. Yeah. But, yeah. He didn't but she makes up way. for it and tries to get him to stop or whatever. But he's already like pushed the button to like open up the thing to let the light into where Lou is held. And that will, of course, make her catch on, on fire or whatever. So she screams and is all scared. And her father hears it from across town and just like bursts out of the building and and like rushes over there as he's like catching on fire he's just steamrolling through the town to get over to her and it's the animation is like so wild yeah. but it also like Visceral. matches the frenzy that he's feeling at yes. that at that point it's so heartbreaking and, and i uh, wasn't quite sure what was going on like if he was if he was totally going to die, oh, it was so scary. Yeah, I was so worried he was going to end up dying. And, and, but he finally breaks through and then covers her. And then they get a big, I don't remember what it was, but they drop a big thing over them so that they're not, they don't have the sunlight on them anymore. But then they also are captured. like captured. And the, and the father doesn't seem to want to change that and you have will father. and will and oh also there's this whole curse thing that we haven't really talked about oh, that yeah. uh Cunho's uh father brings up of what what was the story that the townspeople caught a mermaid a mermaid and like left it in the sun to see what would happen mm. and so it burned up into like a, a, a ball or something and the water rose up because of what was done and like the mermaids like flooded the town but the i guess they went to retrieve the, the remains yeah. yeah and and so the town up in a higher point replicated the what was what was left to as a as a shrine to like give offerings to or something so so but there's basically a story of the water rising up as retribution for harm done to to the to mermaids yeah and so that starts that starts kicking in too because of the harm being done to mermaids so there's just a bunch of problems that have to be dealt with at the end also i just realized we haven't actually talked about the titular wall and it's kind oh. of a big thing too <laughs> oh but this is called lou over the wall and we have not told anyone about the wall yes <laughs> yes yeah, sorry and uh, yeah go ahead and there's a big wall, period. Done. Get it. <laughs> well, that well, separates, it. that's supposed to kind of separate where the, the mer people are and where this town is. But also, okay, follow along with me for a minute. With Along with what you were saying, with what happened when they sacrificed or they put the mermaid, I want to say that the that the water rose up to the top of the mountain where they had that mermaid and then it cast a shadow and this current town was in the shadow of this. 
and then they build they build a wall that casts a shadow. No, no, there was already a wall. So Danica mentioned the wall. That wall already existed beforehand, but also that the big thing about the wall is that it casts a shadow, and it makes it a good area for mermaids because the shadow the wall blocks out the sun. Mm. Right. Got so it, that got it, got cove it, got it. is is more protected. Do yes. do we know who built the wall? Them. Or was that it just a built. land feature? It was just like a land feature. I think it was a land feature. Oh, yeah. It was a land feature. What they built was there were holes in the wall and the townspeople covered it up for some for some reason. I, I forget. And, and maybe that has to and do... And then there's like one kind of hole at the bottom that seems to be a perp... Um, uh, a man-made thing to travel between the two yeah. parts or whatever. Maybe covering up the holes has to do with the the curse at some point. Yeah, I forget. Because it was early in the movie that they explained why they covered them up. And yeah, I don't remember. Okay. Definitely have to pay more attention to that on a rewatch. Um, yeah, there's just like a lot of art. There's a lot of elements. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I guess in general, I I would... The, I, the story isn't about Kai and Lou necessarily. It's the, about the town. Yeah. And the relationship with the, the human yeah it's really about a town and a place and the people in it yeah, yeah. i do want to have some more prominent people but yeah um i don't think this movie if this movie were live action it would just be a wholly different thing mm-hmm. this animation is so wild and vibrant that it it becomes such a a facet of the storytelling itself that to remove that is just creating a wholly different thing. Um, yeah, I think if I think if you went live action with this, then you'd have to go for something more serious and, and down to earth. It doesn't necessarily have to be dark. I don't mean that. I don't think you'd have to be serious. What do you? Yeah. How do you think that could work? I mean, how, honestly, how could you see that? so we're watching our flag means death right now. True. But the like kind of vibrant you know it's, it's on a sound stage you can have a lot of fun with choreographed dancing though huh yeah <laughs> like like something very uh very bright with uh, with a, a very particular style I, th- I think you could pull it off can't be too bright because they're in the shadow mm-hmm. you know Still, what i'm saying sure but yeah. that's not like the the costumes and the the painting like what the style of the sets are something like a a brighter color palette, even if it's in shadow, something that stands out. Uh, Yeah. I I don't think it needs to be more grounded. I I mean, yeah. How, what do you think that ultimately, ultimately looks like then? Like what's kind of the tone and how does that shift though? Being live action, you know, the, the magic's definitely going to either be different or just really CG. I, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's elements like that that are doable, but the ways in which they're done might need to shift. Yeah, because I I think I was just going to say yes, because there's a lot that happens with water and huge blocks and, and almost roadways of water and, and, and moving things with water. So I think one of the big questions is just how you handle Lou herself and how you want to depict her. Is she, primarily a person with cg elements is she a person just in a costume honestly i i don't i'm i'm feeling like a spy kid's interpretation like something very Uh, kid focused like sure something that comes from a a kid's imagination and you like you could have 
more like wigs or costuming for Lou. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, I think you that, could. Yeah. I think a live action interpretation oh, would be very kid. Here's actually a really good important from, question for her, though. Is she a kid or not? Yeah, I think. Well, don't they all have to be kids? Well, yeah, we know that the the main three are uh, junior middle high. schoolers, yeah, middle school. but it's a little unclear exactly how old she is. I think she could be within their same age. Yeah, range. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, all the spy kids—they're younger. Yeah. Yeah. Spy cats. Spy cats <laughs> is great. Yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, like it was so stylized in 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 such a way that like. Do you want to? More on the scale of Spy Kids rather than Shark Boy and Lava Girl, though. I'm seeing like a visuals of Shark Boy and Lava Girl, but obviously you want this quality storytelling of Spy Kids, like that's. But I am talking visually. Film. Is like you do you do you see it leaning more towards Shark Boy Lava Girl visually? I'm yeah, I'm Probably. talking more visually rather Probably than Probably because because it's as fantastical as that. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Here's a. Here's- I think it. I think it would have a very different feel then though of For I, sure. I think it would feel i think it is a kid's movie like i don't think this is intended to just like be an adult film or anything like that um but i think it would feel even more like a kid's movie in that way if if it's live action and it is in the kind of the spy kids mold I, which isn't a bad thing but it, it's a little bit of a different flavor i think yeah if yeah i think that's fine i think if there was a choice between not being able to directly translate if either leaning more more adult or more older kid than younger kid i think i would lean towards younger kid and then i just i think that there's going to be a lot less how to say it's going to feel less amorphous and a lot of times and there's less it'll be harder or very different to do kind of more visceral things such as the the father tearing through the town yeah. and in a rampage to get to her like that that scene's going to feel real different in live action pretty oh, much yeah, regardless sure. of how you do it um yeah it would be fascinating i think i wonder also just you know assuming that's made in japan we probably wouldn't necessarily have ever seen it cuz that's less it's less likely to be translated and brought over to the West in any capacity if it's not anime. Yeah. Anime is, is, there's enough of a market at this point that that gets translated and brought over in some way. But a lot of live action Japanese stuff is a lot harder to find actually translated in English and stuff. I mean, it varies. Yeah. Like. It'd be, it'd be. Even now you have the, the Crunchyroll or other services that don't just do anime. At least at a time they had dramas. I forget where, but we watched My Little Nightmare. Yeah. Through one of those services. Yeah, yeah. Great show. Definitely. Like, I loved it. Uh, so not wholly impossible to get, but probably less likely to be marketed towards. I don't, I don't know as much about the Japanese um, film industry either. I wonder if it's, if something like that, if done in live action, would be more likely to be a show rather than a movie feels like the story's a movie, though. I mean, maybe, but given that you have so many characters, that's not... You can pretty easily thread the the out through episodes. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, I don't know. and I. But I'm, I'm more just talking about how the film industry and stuff works over there. That'd is be a that great show. It feels like it'd be... 
I mean, if you get someone like Robert Rodriguez who can work within a budget, it's not necessarily expensive, but it'll, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is... It would have a very different feel. This is true. Okay, this is... And I'm not sure if I'd be interested in it, but it'd be fascinating. Um, okay, this is shifting, but this is a question that came up to me um, as I'm watching when little Lou was singing and it would... It would automatically, or like people would dance and just dance their hearts out. No matter what age, whatever shape they were in, they did these amazing dance moves. And then at the end, it did show they were like tired. So good thing none of them like had a heart attack. If that was me, (laughs) I don't know what shape I would be in after the dance let up. (laughs) Because (laughs) because of the shape shape my knees are in. I just assume it's like a magical dance thing that doesn't really physically exert them that much i hope not. I, I don't know well one of them though was like panting afterwards this older person was like <gasps> that's fair <laughs> because i'm like, yeah, I'm I don't like know. because i have <laughs> such a major problem with my knees and legs so it's like what would i just like <laughs> be done in i don't know i just can't oh, no, mom. oh no <laughs> i don't know well you know since you brought up Lou singing let's talk some about the sound design and stuff because I love her Splatoon singing. So good. <laughs> it's so good. The That <laughs> reference for probably mom and for anyone else who doesn't know Splatoon is that's a Nintendo video game. Um, and it's basically like a third person shooter, except that you shoot ink and you're trying to cover the floor in it and whoever covers the most. But the um, a lot of the flavor is that there's like bands or whatever in this world of squid people that sing music and so the soundtracks will have people kind of singing in this this kind of fishy auto-tuned kind of yeah vocaloid kind of kind of way that's very endearing um And it was very her, reminiscent of that. Yes, her singing is adorable, and I love it. I remember you watching um, you play uh, Splatoon, Valerie, but I don't remember the, the song, the singing. I'll have to re-listen to that. <laughs> Their music is so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the Splatoon soundtracks are bangers. <laughs> yeah, I I keep, I would think, like, oh, why would you go to, like, a Hatsune Miku concert or something? Like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> but then you're like, mm. Yeah, but I'm like, oh, wait, no, I can't say anything. If I had the chance to go to... Uh, <laughs> concert for Split. Callie and Mari yeah, or, yeah. or wait what is it Off the Hook or yeah. I forget the other band name <laughs> if I had a chance to go there I'd do it so I can't I'd, I'd I see can't them anything. or Gorillas in concert yeah, yeah. With their big like the, the big like whatever that technology is where it seems like they're on the stage but yeah yeah I'd, I'd do go it, see it so I can't say anything yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in general, I felt like the music in this movie was was great. I was bopping along to the music during the opening credits and the different ones where where she made people dance and stuff. Those were always really fun and boppy. And uh, there was a point where there there was like some country kind of music playing. Uh, it was around the time where the grandpa was doing some stuff, um, and there was just like some twang in that background music that I was loving, like. It's a very it's a very sonically interesting movie, just mm-hmm. as much as it is a, a visually interesting one. Mm-hmm. Any other notes from you for this section? Mm-mm. Let's go on to the part that our podcast is named after. How's it hold up? The only thing I was confused about that I wasn't quite sure is, even though I know that our main three. Yuho Cunho uh, and Kai were junior high. They seemed to make Lou more like elementary. So when, uh, especially 
well, I won't give away spoilers, but at some point, were they hinting at a romance between Kai and Lou? And I just wasn't sure because that seemed like a big age gap. It, I felt unsure about that, too. I think almost certainly he had feelings because he would get embarrassed and blush and stuff. But whether it's like, is that definitely romantic? Is he not used to that sort of affection and he's embarrassed? It's a little unclear. Yeah, and, yeah. and, here's, I don't know. and here's the only thing that makes makes me think that possibly it wasn't romantic is because well first of all they seem to make and especially like their day going around together and everything more like he was like a big brother you know it it seemed like a younger sibling type thing how protective and just even showing her kind of the ropes and all of that but he seemed to have a huge issue with even well, he was closed off and wouldn't answer any of his mom's letters or communicate with his mom, even though his mom was clearly reaching out to him. So maybe like you said, it's more of an interpersonal issue. He didn't even really have much. He seemed to talk to the grandfather even more than the father initially and didn't seem to just be emotionally open to anyone. So it it and she was the first one that he really seemed to open up emotionally the first time in the whole movie we saw him even smiling and not being almost like a little zombie was after yeah. they met and he started you know doing the music and you know and all that with her so possibly it's just that i don't know just almost not romantic love but just loving another person almost a familiar you know as if they were family or anything else i don't know yeah. Yeah, I'm not totally sure and I guess um unlike a certain other movie that we watched that was definitely problematic in its age gap, I guess to an extent it's kind of like he's probably what like 13 or 14 and and she's I don't know 10. Like that's ultimately not like a huge age gap and they're both kids, so and they're not like making out. So it's kind of like Eh, whatever. <laughs> I don't know exactly what this is supposed to be, but, it, but, but I think it would, I'm kind of yeah. whatever about it. But it would be an issue if this were human beings. Jun- There's a huge emotional difference between junior high and elementary, and that would be a problem if a junior high kid was dating an elementary kid. That's problematic. So hopefully it's not romantic. That just wasn't clear. Yeah, it's, it's, Valerie was looking it up for what uh, in... In Japan, uh, junior high is 12 to 15. So he's somewhere in there. We don't, I don't think it, they were ever given ages. Well, they're going to high school. The they're going year. to high school. So I guess he's probably 15. Closer to 14, 15. And then we have no idea how old she is. But right. she seems... That's the thing. Like, we don't know specifically. But the, it, it's just... I think part of it is, like, the size difference. Yes. So, like, when walking around, like you said, Jan, it feels like brother... It feels like sibling in terms of, like... She's very childlike, but, like, you can argue that it's just she's not used to being, to having feet. Yeah. So is she just, the way that she moves feels more younger, feels younger. Right. There's also just kind of, um, sad to say, and unfortunately, very long history of characters in anime that look young, but are, according to the lore, not young. Mm. And this isn't necessarily one of those things, but it could be. And uh, that's 
certainly a very problematic trope, which again, I'm not entirely sure applies to this, but like, given that that is a thing that's floating around in anime, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's certainly, yeah, like it's, it's a little, it's a little like, mm, question mark on it, but I, I don't know. And I think ultimately we'll discuss in spoilers, but ultimately with how it ends anyways, I'm not too terribly bothered or caught up in it, but we can discuss that more in spoilers. Yeah. I also think it's worth pointing out how you mentioned that there was a guy dressed up as a girl earlier, like a big muscular guy. Yeah. And how that's uh, definitely a transmisogynistic joke. So for sure, yeah. like that. not great. <laughs> you didn't need that. Like, no, there was no reason for that. It's girls it's, can be guitar players. It's yeah. there because the image is quote unquote funny. Yeah. That's the only reason it's there. And it being fun, quote unquote, funny, is be is transmisogynist. Yeah, so yeah, yeah that, that's that just, bothered me. That's just black. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it wasn't a huge part of the movie, but that it was certainly there. Not not a fan of that. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else in this section that you guys thought of? I feel like those were the two main things. But is there anything I'm not remembering? All right. Well, let's go on to our spoiler, spoiler alert. Skip to one hour. 18 minutes and 42 seconds. So yeah, in the spoiler section, Yuho's dad's going like real manic with like just wanting to get rid of these these mermaids. He he feels like they're unsafe. He's having a power trip. Um and then he's he's just going off the rails. But then um Kai Yuho her fa- her grandfather and Kai's father all like go and like struggle and manage to turn a thing to open up a floodgate to let water in. So then all the mermaid dogs can come in and they uh, get the, the big thing off of Kai and her father. It is night at this point, so they don't have to worry about the sunlight, but there are some lights around them that is like, mimicking sunlight or whatever but the dogs shoot them down and they're fine and then they're getting get they're getting out but then the whole curse thing is like steadily starting to flood everything and the um merfolk can't like stop it like they're not actually in control of it uh but they all start helping get people to safety and stuff um and so there's a real kind of coming together moment of the mer people are all trying to help the humans um, and that and that it kind of escalates and we have little character moments for a bunch of different characters. Um, and and eventually it escalates to the to the point that um, the oh, what the, the father like gets some of his power back and then they basically start the Murpho like start trying to push all of the water out into the into and over and through the wall so that the sunlight will hit it but then that's breaking down and it's hurting them but then the humans come and they help the merfolk with their umbrellas yeah, yeah. And so so it's yeah. it's beautiful it is and yeah and there's a lot and there is so much effort on the part of the merfolk because there are a yes. lot of people and in fact oh, in yeah. fact at one point um uh, Lou and her father just collapse out of exhaustion because yeah. they they're like it's like never ending. There's like almost no end of sight of all these people and they and they're just exhausted and then more fortunately more Murph more people come in. And I was a little bit confused, like the lights that were flashing and 
and going places and then that seemed to energize instead of hurting the merfolk. I wasn't quite sure what was going on with that. Like it and initially like the dogs initially swam into some kind of building or something and and then they made more dogs. Oh, the dogs swim into the, the building that had the stray dogs and made more, oh, more dogs. Got it. I wasn't sure because it because it showed it The flashes of light was just like the, that was them biting. I guess the that magic. was just how they were representing it. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, because yeah, that yeah. the light was confusing me. I wasn't yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah, it was just them transforming. Okay. Uh, We also had a moment where Yuho's terrible father got knocked off of a boat. That was wonderful. He and that his crony deserved that. Yeah, they got specifically pushed off a boat. Yes, they got pushed off of a boat. Because they were... Oh, yes, no, that's worth worth it. They didn't just like... Oh no, they fell. They got pushed off of it by the rest of the people. Well, on the yeah, boat. because we were like enough of you. Yeah, because this crew that they were commanding and going there started realizing they're endangering all of us, and they said we're turning the boat. Uh, they turned the boat around. Yeah. they said among themselves, and the next thing you know, they're going to where where the dumb father and his crony is, and then they just picked them up and threw them off the boat. They did. They yeah. did throw them a, a, a what do you call it a, a life life oh life, yeah a uh, preserver a life ring. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and and then you see them at another point and they they're they're like stuck on something. I think they're they're fine but they don't really like come back in any meaningful way. Yeah. Uh there's no like resolution with oh hey you your father's awful. <laughs> He's just kind of out of the movie, which it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um Granny Octopus comes to the fore mm-hmm, here. So we didn't explain her. So Granny Octopus is this old lady that we see at the beginning of the movie. She sits in a tower and she's sad because her... Uh, her son? Did, did they clarify I what the relationship was? I think it was her son. Was? No. Definitely no, not, definitely not her son. It was either her boyfriend or husband. Oh, I yes. Okay. Yes. Um, was was taken by people or whatever. And she she's, she's like, he's dead and they killed him and I'm going to get revenge. And I don't think she's sad. I think she is watching. No, she's, she's watching. always walking around with a spear. Yes, so she not, has like, a spear constantly. Sad, forlorn. This lady has murder on the yeah, breast exactly. constantly. Um, and, and so then towards the end of the movie, she's like, I'm going to, I'm going to get them. And she's like going out in a boat with a spear. She tries to spear Lou, uh, but misses or whatever. But then, then her, her, what? I don't, boyfriend her her old her old love love he comes back he still looks youthful because i guess mermaids age differently but he's like hey i'm fine and they talk some and she's and she is emotional and then he turns her into a mermaid (laughs) and they swim off together she has a moment of like i'm a mermaid but then she swims off with them yeah and it made me cry (laughs) yeah so he was gonna he was drowning and was saved yes. by being turned into a mermaid. Uh, but it begs the question, why didn't he ever try to say hi to her? I know. Unless she would have murdered him. So maybe that's understandable. Yeah. <laughs> she like asks him too, but I don't remember what he says to that. I don't remember. Yeah. What What happened with Kai's grandfather? I didn't understand that. It was shown. Because it was kind of. Yeah. So it, it, it uh, Kai's grandmother... Well, I'm assuming he got turned into a mermaid too. So he just well, jumped off a boat. Okay, let's ex- and- let's. Kai's grandfather, his mother, when he was a boy, got got taken, and he I think he also presumed eaten 
by the mermaids. Yes, he what saw her, a big bite on her leg. Right. And what we find out, he, she like, basically, the, the thing that we get to see is that she comes out of the water and gets into the boat that he's in he sees that she has a bite mark and then she like goes she like falls back into the water well she also catches on fire yeah she catches on fire falls back into the water and then he doesn't see her um and so he presumes she's dead and that they kill her right uh and so then what we ultimately find out is that she got like uh, uh she she was diving for um the clams Abal- or probably, or, Ab- the, probably abalones yeah yeah, the yeah. different food basically um and and she was down there and then one of the the ship wreckage things like shifted and fell and trapped her underwater and she couldn't get free and then a mermaid came and like pulled her free and it, i don't think that the mermaid was even trying to turn her but was just like their jaws are powerful, so it grabbed her leg with it with its jaw and like pulled and managed to get her out, but also bit her in the process. So she became one of them. Yes. And then, and then at the end, uh, after the the grandfather has spearheaded the having the umbrellas out to save the the mer people from the light, uh, she she like comes up next to his boat, and there's like this interesting like melding of of the art style of when he's young and, and the current and he's like crying and he like goes into the water. Okay. And Valerie's, just, and okay. Valerie's crying. Cause it's, it made yeah. me cry too. It's, it's very emotional. I would have, except I was really confused at that point and I wasn't quite sure what was going on. Well, so, you know, yeah. mom, it's fine to be heartless, but we were crying. Uh. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm just joking with you. <laughs> and it does show at the end of the film his picture on the shrine next to his mom. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there's, you can definitely just assume that he also became a mer person and went with her. Okay. And then you well, want then, to, you want to talk about the end of the movie though, huh? Yeah. Well, at, at one point, uh, when all this is going on, he, um, Kai runs and runs and goes to, and starts, well, sorry. I guess when, when, when everyone's exhausted, when Lou and her father are exhausted and trying to help and the, and the curse is still going on, Kai goes over to, um, underneath the wall and to the old amusement park, um, and starts, uh, in the amphitheater there. He starts projecting playing and he's playing this song and the song is basically confessing his, his love and saying how much, you know, he loves, uh, or a song about love, I guess. I don't know if it has any it's, yeah, names in the it's actual a, it's song. It's partially about his mom, too. Yes. Who, yes. she and the father seem to have split at some point, and she seems to be in a bigger city, like, pursuing her music career kind of thing. And at the beginning of the movie, we see, or towards the beginning of the movie, at least, we see that there's, like, a, a bunch of letters from her, like, a box that has a bunch of letters that says from mom or whatever, that it seems like he has not been reading, because he's yeah, because, probably upset right. about the whole split. Well, right, because they actually show him getting a letter, getting the mail right. one day, and then you see him just put it into exactly. the box unopened. Um, so yeah, so he sings a song about love, but then he ends up, I don't know, swimming over or some, somehow he starts running and, and yelling for Lou and saying, I love you. I love you. I love you. And she comes 
out of the water and they embrace and they hug. They don't like kiss, but they they embrace and, and she everything. kisses his face, I think, but not yes. his mouth or anything. She's just like mm, yeah. because there was the earlier scene when they're like on the swings or whatever, and she sees the people kissing down there and is like, "What's that about?" Basically, and he's like, "That's yes. how they're showing that they love each other." So she kisses his face, but yeah, it's not like a it's not like they're making out. She just kisses all over. Yeah. Did you have a question or? Well, no, just that all of a sudden, okay, then what made, did the wall come down? What yes. happened? Yeah, the wall came down. That why? was, that was why, that was as the mer people were pushing the cursed water out, it was okay. destroying the, the building or the, the wall. And yeah, the wall ends up crumbling. And that's also why the humans had to have the umbrellas to, to shield the merfolk. All right, and then they just all disappeared. So I'm assuming they just dived down the minute that the sun came out. Were they all? Well, okay? they had all they the little. Were... They had all the little umbrellas, and there was there was some dancing or whatever. But then, yeah, when when they when the umbrellas like flip open and they're uh, flip over and they're not there anymore. Yeah, they left because this okay. place wasn't good for them anymore because it didn't have the huge amount of shade. Yeah, it wasn't safe. Okay. Yeah. So we just assume they all just dive deep and they all got away okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, they, it, seems, it seems to be as long as they're beneath the water, it's fine if there's sunlight. They just can't be directly in it like that. Okay. And then um, Lou obviously left too because next thing we know, you know, then it seems to kind of jump ahead and Kai seems to not be, I don't know, like crushed that Lou's gone. He seems to be interested in going and finding more areas where mermaids might be. So I think he intends to see her again, but he doesn't seem, he seems, I think it feels like he's pretty sure that he will see her again, that he'll be able to find her somewhere. Okay. Was that? But he also just, yeah. No, I was just going to say, he also just seemed to have more interest in his future. It yeah. doesn't seem like he's just plans on being like a mer person no. because he wants to now go, he wants to go to high school. He wants to become, I think he said a sailor, come back and yeah. be a sailor. Cause at one point in the movie, he was kind of, mm, I, for lack of a better word, I don't want to say criticizing, but questioning his father. Like, why did you come back to right. this? Like basically podunk town. Why, why would you do that? Yeah. And now he seems to express after, you know, getting his education, wanting to come back and become a sailor. And then, yeah, go go to places where there's, uh, look for mermaids. Yeah. What, yeah, what do y'all think about the end and kind of where his character rests with that? I mean, I it was think a it... little bit rushed for me. Sorry, go ahead. No, you first. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it was just a little bit rushed for me. It just happened a little bit faster than I would have liked. I, I mean, I, I thought it was fine. The, this movie was was a general ride. Like, I didn't know, I guess, where it would it would end up because some of the story was so, uh, I don't know, meandering or, or or whatever. Like, it was more of an experience than a, like, clear-cut story, I guess. Yeah, and I, I think, I mean, the point at which both sides have learned to accept one another, but then one side has to leave because the wall came down is kind of like, yeah, I mean, that feels like that's, that's where it ends. But then the wall, I mean, you know, if you're viewing metaphors, the wall come, come coming down and the, and the process through which it happened removed the shadow from Kai's 
view of the future and now mm. his view of it is bright and he's and he feels happy and confident and he's like yeah i have some ideas of what i want to do and i might even come back here and everything and it, it feels like the future is now bright for him uh-huh. so yeah okay well you know i'm glad that you you framed it that way because that does make really good sense yeah and that do, that, and that seems yeah that doesn't seem as big of a turnaround or what i'm saying is as it it, it there doesn't it makes more sense. It doesn't seem like a, an out of place turnaround or as rushed if you look at it like that. Because yeah. basically, it was just a, it was just a quick resolution. If you look at the way you know a plot works, uh, you know you, I just feel like you you had your climax and then boom, the end. You know, sure, so yeah. not 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 a lot of not a lot of falling action. Just boom, climax, almost resolution. <laughs> yeah, I something I also not sure how i feel is like if if we're also going not even just metaphorical but like so a lot of the thrust of this story was about people who were who were distrustful of another people but then ultimately they come together and help each other out but then the story ends with one of those people can't doesn't want to stay here anymore because of how the circumstances changed and leaves i'm not sure where that leaves you Mm. You know, like, yeah. what is, does that mean anything? And if so, what? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, I think they they sacrificed their home in a way. Yeah. And, and I don't know if it was, it didn't feel like it was in kind of a return for anything. Yeah, because they didn't get anything in return. I mean, they they really did. They sacrificed their home to save the people there. And we don't know, did the people then, did the townspeople, did they learn anything from it? Did they appreciate everything that the mer people did? We don't, we don't have, we don't know that. Yeah. I don't know. I I think it, one of the other parts that there, I don't know if there was clearer indication of it, but there, I think one of the conflicts in the film is a conflict between generations, right? Like the young mm. people talking about going out to Tokyo. Uh, like there was a, a part in the classroom where one of the guys <laughs> was like an alumni and was like, Oh yeah, I tried to do like dancing in Tokyo, but that didn't work out. But I came back here and we started like fishing in open water and like that went really well. And like, you know, you can try, you can try different experiences, but don't push yourself too hard. Like just this kind of, yeah, yeah, this, this, and then there was like some comments from uh, some older ladies in the street uh, in reference to the, the fish processing thing of like, oh, these kids don't like, maybe they can go sailing or fishing, but then they don't know how to what to do after that. And so I think uh, a li- it, it seemed like a commentary on between generations, either losing knowledge or not appreciating the past. So I, I wonder if part of that wall breaking is uh, the new generation either learning or shifting their point of view to accept a bit of where they came from so like kai saying you know going sailing uh yuho her plan i think she was gonna study in tokyo but but like it seemed like they had plans that more accepted or more more in line 
with accepting, you know, where they came from rather than just wholly pushing away from it. Like originally uh, Kai saying like, I don't have anywhere I want to study. Uh, mm-hmm. You yeah. like wanting to do music, but yeah. And just the story with, Oh, with the, the announcer lady. So part of her deal was she apparently had gone to Tokyo to try to do modeling and that was unsuccessful. But Yuho, whenever she ran away, she went to that woman's home and, and her that lady told a story about her wanting to make her home like a, a cafe and 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 kind of it felt like building back into to the economy, like appreciating the town, doing the cafe. She's already doing the announcing. So I think there's a bit of that in there. And I think that is, it, it feels like that's a theme that's common in, in some of Japanese media of those smaller towns. Um, I don't know if it's like keeping them alive or like appreciating the history there Yeah, for the newer generations. Yeah. And so, well, yeah. It, it, yeah. Well, it, and also with what you were, with the women talking about the younger generation, that none of them, that they didn't, I think they phrased it like they were afraid to go to the fish school to learn how to do the fish. But if no one does the fish, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen because that seems to be, uh, you know, what sustains them. And it's a needed industry. And if no one is there to, carry you know to keep doing that but hopefully that turns around you know well that yeah that's what i think kind of the end of the film was it felt like that was intimating of yeah um like kai planning to come back i think yuho again had a, a it felt like her her plan wasn't a total rejection of the town um yeah and then with the announcer lady's plan like she came back and she wants to build back into the town and so to Mm -hmm. me that kind of felt like not just like removing the shadow from kai's future but maybe the town's future um Mm. so so yeah i i think i i assume that that is something that will get taken care of that like that won't be as much of an issue that makes yeah that makes sense All right, uh, no more spoilers. Let's go on to our favorites and least favorites. What was your least favorite scene in the movie? And if it's in spoilers, be vague. I think maybe with me is uh, Yuho's father going manic because of all the the, the things he did. Yeah, yeah. And not not knowing what was going to happen to Lou's father. I think for me, it's probably the... Uh, mermaid world concert or whatever because it has the transmisogynist joke in there but also mm. i just i under i understand like plot point wise like okay that happens and that leads to her feeling jealous and running away or whatever but i it just it felt to me like it was leading towards a plot where the grandpa is still kind of part of the problem because he's exploitative and not understanding what this means to his granddaughter. But then that's not ultimately where that went at all for his character. Yeah. And so it just, it, it, it just kind of confused me in terms of how I'm supposed to feel about him and made mm-hmm. my feelings on him pretty muddled as he kind of seemed to entirely change in a lot of ways as, as we went into finale stuff. So mm. yeah. 
That's a really good yeah, point. I think I'll jump ship. I think I agree with you with that because you're right. And boat metaphors. Again, I, I really, yeah, I really didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Got to stay nautical here. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and I absolutely did, was not a fan of the trans misogynistic, you know. Yeah. That was so unnecessary. Definitely. Yeah, the the that was a really a good point about the uh, about the grandpa in terms of yeah, like that was so like oh yeah, I hired them as backup, just totally disregarding her the granddaughter's feelings or not even yeah, and that's never really resolved. So then it begs mm. the question of why it's brought up. Yeah, and yeah. honestly, the the whole storyline building up with Kai in that instance was a bit confusing for me, too. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. was yes. he actively ignoring things, or was he just... He just, like, felt like stuff was gonna go wrong. So, but, like, still mishearing the it? The focusing on his studying was just what he told his father. I know, but his but stuff yeah. was... He was still, like, working well, on Well, he studying. was studying, but the, he was studying at, so that he wasn't focused on that stuff. Sure, but I mean, like, was he missing things because he was, like, studying... Because, like, he showed him yeah. actively studying, yeah. even if it was, like, no, it did a secondary sure. goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so there were times where I couldn't tell if he was, like, actively ignoring people or just accidentally because he shifted his focus to his studying. Um, with, you know, with Yuho missing, like, he didn't hear that. I think she announced it. And was he not listening? Or he just, again, was that an accident? And even before then, like the build up to the concert. So so yeah, I guess I'll go with the concert too as just a the kind a, of nexus. Of- yeah, a symptom of this kind of muddled middle where they're building up to the climax. Yeah. In a way that was you know, really rough. Yeah, it to felt like the to. stuff before that generally solid and enjoyable. The stuff after it good. But like yeah, that that part is just kind of where the Yeah, it just feels yeah. Yeah. Again, like it's it's more of a an emotional ride, but so it, when it's not being clear, you're left kind of confused until you get to a point where you can hop back on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite scene in the movie? It was definitely the father coming yeah. up on land. Yeah. Um. Up until he entered that building, just that whole part with the dad. Yeah. It was so. I was just like laughing, like, what is happening? This is amazing. Oh my gosh, this character design. It's just, and then he's waiting. Ugh, it's so good. It's so good. My second favorite was probably the uh, beach scene where Lou's dancing and then everybody else is dancing. <laughs> That's so silly. I think they do the thriller dance there. It's so it's silly. so good. I love it. <laughs> but I am going to agree. My favorite was and then they, Lou's sorry. father. I just remembered, and because then they run off with her, and they're on the thing, and they're just going <laughs> down, and they're going down the ramp, and then it hits the end, and they just fall out. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, That's definitely yes. my second favorite scene, just that whole bit. Anyway, sorry, yes. Mom. No, I was just going to say, I completely, though, agree with my favorite being Lou's father coming to land, because I, I just, even the slow pan... And, you know, because I, it hinted at what he looked like in the water when Lou um, had taken Kai underwater and then, you know, was in the ship and then was, was pointing out the, the, her father and the mer people. But 
I did not know that her father was going to stay looking like a shark. But yeah. anyway, this is a slow pan up to him. It was just so great. And him walking through the town with his little with his little boom box. Oh my gosh, I love yes. that so much. This will be an easy one. Who's your least favorite character? <sighs> Yuho's dad. Yuho's father. Yeah, Yuho's father. Oh, yeah, Yuho's father. He's the worst. Who's your yes. favorite character? Lou's dad. I know. It's gotta be Lou's dad. I know. I know. He's as so much good. As I love- he loves his baby. He he ha- gives a nice shake to Kai. He yes. wants to help the community. He has a lovely yes. uh, suit and a hat and suitcase. <laughs> Yes. And he's so helpful in it, and that smile, mm, he's iconic. I know. He's so I, good. I was, I was thinking the same thing. As much as I adore Lou, it, it's got to be her dad. Was yeah. Adorable. Like, Lou definitely him. gets second place. Like, she's yeah. great. But her dad is so good. Mm-hmm. If Tim Curry were in this movie, in the dub, which he isn't, I looked, who, oh. would, he, who, would, he, who would he play? Do you know the dad doesn't really talk? I know, right? What if he's Yuho's dad? No. Because I think that he can do a kind of slimy, wormy voice. No. But then get manic. But yeah, I think it's just too powerful. No, I don't like that. I I don't want to not like Tim Curry. Because there's nothing (laughs) redeeming. There's nothing redeeming about Yuho's dad. No, he's just terrible. Yeah, because if he's going to be a villain, I want him to be a villain with some redeemable qualities. But yeah, Yuho's dad has none. Uh, yeah. So, could he be Kai's grandfather? I, I would. Could maybe, he be Kai's father? I would think Yuho's grandfather. What about what mm. about what about Granny Granny? I was actually Oct- just about to go there. <laughs> That's it. He has to. He has granny to do that. It sounded like it sounded like they probably had a guy voicing her. Anyways, uh, I don't know for sure. Uh, no offense if that is not the case, but a hundred percent. Tim Curry is is Granny Octopus. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you heard it here. Folks. Just a hundred percent. That's it. <laughs> Nailed it. Let's go on to our overall consensus and what we would rate it. Um, I had fun. I recommend mm. it. It was a delight. Mm-hmm. Rating wise, I think it was a bit meandering in the, in the middle. I did like the characters. It was enjoyable overall. So, I'll give it a... Oh, it looked gorgeous. I'll give it a 3.75. No, I think I'm going to go 3.5. Do you want to elaborate on the change? Uh, I think just story-wise, there were some weaknesses. I did enjoy it overall, but a tighter story, I think, would have improved it more. But I did like... I liked the things that happened. I, I love this, where the story went with... The grandfather, Granny Octopus, or Kai's grandfather, Granny Octopus. I can see if there were concerns or objections about Kai and Lou, because that was a bit confusing as well. Um, but but I enjoyed it overall. Dar, now I'm torn because I was I was I was thinking initially of maybe going up a little bit from your three point seven five, and then you went down. But I definitely agree with your points as far as why you why you went down a little bit because I don't like uh, yeah I I don't like being confused at all between Kai and Lou's relationship. I don't like some of the trans misogynistic parts. Um, well, I don't like um, and 
But I really liked it. And I love Lou's father. And ah, now I'm torn. Shoot a bug. Do I want to go 3.75? I think I still will stick with 3.75 because I was thinking of maybe ooching up closer to four. So I guess I will stick at 3.75 and not ooch up to four because of those reasons. And I would definitely recommend it. I will also go with 3.75. It definitely has some issues. um, And and it's plotting uh i don't necessarily think it has issues with its pacing because i can vibe with the pace but some of the plotting uh there's the transmisogynistic bit um but but overall i just had such a fun time Mm -hmm. and it's so just fascinating to watch visually Uh, lots of fun music stuff it's just it was such a ride Mm -hmm. plus lose father Mm, I just, I just, perfection. I just have him in my brain, so etched in my brain. Yeah, it's so he lives delightful. in my head, rent free forever. Yeah, now. yeah, no, the <laughs> the movie, I might give it a three point five, but Loose Father is a five in my mind. Oh yes, yeah, hundred percent. Loose yes, Father is a five, a five out of five. Yes, yes, I agree. <laughs> five out of five. But the movie itself, three point seven five. I think it's very good, and I think you should check it out. Definitely yeah. Netflix right now. Anyway, yes. yeah, it's on Netflix currently. Um, we we watched Japanese with English subtitles. It is also available in English. Uh, with an English dub, I mean, Don't know I, we didn't watch it, so I can't vouch for how good or good or bad that is. Um, I don't know. It might be great. I have no idea. But Here's we watched Japanese the and the Japanese voice actors all did an amazing job. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. Yes, thank you all very you. much. And please join me every Tuesday on uh, Twitch, where I will I am streaming Witcher 3. You'll also get to, well not hear their voice but uh but Danica and Valerie join me in the chat and we have so in much fun and you guys it's such a fun chill uh playthrough and there's just all kinds of uh things that Danica will get me into so like <laughs> there was a, a great episode on episode 10 this last week where I thought I was in the middle of a Doctor Who with the uh what are those called? What are the angels called? The weeping angels. I thought the weeping I angels. thought the weeping yeah. angels were gonna murder me, you all. And I freaked <laughs> out for realsies, but yeah, it was great. She was so scared. <laughs> it was great, it was great. But yes, yeah, so please <laughs> so so yeah, so please join me uh for um on Nana Critter on Twitch at just N-A-N-A-C-R-I-T-T-E-R every Tuesday at 7 p.m. CST. And next time we will be watching a Chinese movie that involves Calamity in Heaven. I almost <laughs> said the title again. It's one of those. I don't know anything about it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, thank all you right. all very much for listening, and please join us next time. Bye. Yeah, Bye. thank you all. Bye. Love y'all. Bye. This has been How's It Hold Up with Danica Juarez and Jan James. You can find our podcast on Twitter at How's It Hold Up Pod. That's with each word capitalized and no apostrophe. Also, if you'd like to support us, we have a Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com slash user question mark U equals 2790566. Every little bit helps, and even with a minimum pledge, you get access to things you won't hear in our main podcast feed. Check it out for more info. The two pieces of music used in this episode were created by Kevin McLeod. You can find both The Curtain Rises and Cool Cats at incomptech.com. That's I-N-C-O-M-P-E-T-E-C-H dot com.
Both songs were licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. More info on that can be found at http colon slash slash creativecommons.org slash licenses slash by slash 3.0. Thanks for listening! said it and i was like i don't need to say it I, it's I, a thing I still, that i put in i still sang it in my head <laughs> good yes